0: for the everybody counts podcast welcome everybody thanks for tuning in for our next episode and we're once again we're live from the bosch pit Streaming live. So that's a lot of fun. And you can watch along with us here and comment, ask questions, uh, give some thoughts and theories of your own, or, you know, it will be available on the different podcast providers for you to listen to at your convenience. And first off, I want to let you all know that we do have a special guest. If you're tuning in right now, you see our special guest. This is Oso Vasquez, and he was one of the writers on this episode, Dark Sacred Night. So we thought, what better to do than... I know. What a lucky guy what fun it would be to pick his brain a little bit. So we have a few questions in mind. And if you guys have any questions, Jay's looking at the comments and we could add your question to the list. We have him for a little while. We're not sure how long, but we're we're going to take care of business with Oso first. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So we like all your Bosch paraphernalia there. I see the poster in the back. Do you you collect some things each year?
1: Uh, I try to. I try to. Um, Especially uh, as a big fan of season three. um, Uh So Bosch poster behind me. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Dan who, Dan Pine, who I Mm -hmm. co-wrote the episode with, Mm -hmm. uh, he... He and Eric Overmeyer were very gracious uh, to give me oh. the guy right here, which is uh, wow. a picture of the credit.
0: The credit, He's- yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. You like to do awesome. that
1: for first-time writers. Uh, which was That's a awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's very special. I like it. Very cool. Well, we wanted to start out just because we're getting to know you ourselves, just to get a little bit of history on how you came to work on Bosch. What, you know, what interested you in filmmaking and kind of a little bit of your path to the Bosch set?
1: Well, it, de- it definitely took me a while to get there. Um, I moved out. Uh, I was living in New York until about uh, 2016. And then uh, I was kind of going back and forth as far as doing work over there, doing work over here, not really settling in any particular way, but just picking up whatever gigs could pay the bills. Sure. It was around 2006 that I started doing my own work, trying to do my own little projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And writing was always my passion. And It it was one of those things where like you just, you go from PA job to PA job and you just kind of hope for the best. You do the best job you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got connected with a post producer who got me onto Barry for the show and then he floated my resume around and that's when I met Mark Douglas, who was the post producer on Bosch. Okay. Uh, We hit it off really well. So I worked season three of Bosch as a post PA. Okay. Uh, It was. One of the reasons why that poster's there and yeah, that yeah. That's so cool to me. Sure. Um, I left with Mark to go do an ABC show. Kevin Probably Saves the World. I did that first uh-huh. season. And I was at a point in my career where I was like, if I can't be in the writer's room, because uh, I was having a difficult time getting in there, if I can't be in there, mm-hmm. then I... I was just going to be in post. I was going to be a post coordinator, move up the ranks, become a post producer. Uh, okay. It was that, that very season of doing the pilot for Kevin Prophecy is the World that they brought me on as a writer's PA. Okay. And since then, I worked as a writer's PA. And then I connected with Eric Obermeier He was coming back to Bosch for season five. Huh? He was like, hey, if you have anything in the writer's room, let me know. Yeah. I want to be a and uh, he was like, actually, I do need an assistant. So, uh, oh, I was like, oh, perfect! Right yeah, <laughs> you know that's my way in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been on the show ever since. But yeah, yeah fantastic.
2: So I have wow. a question. I have a question. <laughs> so that's a cool story. But you're also a, a good-looking dude. You didn't think about doing stuff on the other side of the camera? You know, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know I, I try to leave that to better people than me. Uh, <laughs> I like, I like to be behind the camera. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, you know, I you know, get.
0: Give- I get Jay's point. Yeah, I could mean. (laughs) You look you know? like you have a lot of talents. Right. That's all. Right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean,
1: maybe one day. Maybe one. Day. <laughs> maybe one day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll 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 keep watching, see what happens. But that's fantastic that what you really were going for, you ended yeah. up in the writers' room. So I mean, that's just a real success story. Now we're we're trying to learn as much as we can about behind the scenes with the show because we enjoy learning and the fans enjoy learning. What can you tell us to help us understand what it means when you have a dual writing credit when there are two people credited with writing writing the episode?
1: Well, it, it's it's really unique and definitely something I enjoy. Like I enjoyed working with Dan Pine. Uh, well, so basically, what it means is you have two writers coming together. They're either going to split the script based on one half or the other half, okay. or they're going to do it by the stories. So one person might take the Edgar Maddie storyline scenes, mm-hmm. and the other person to take the Bosch billet scenes. It, just for an example, for for us, what we did was I did the first half of the script, Dan did the second half, and then I did a pass on his stuff, he did a pass on my stuff, and we kind of compared notes, and then he ultimately did a, a, a final pass as the showrunner, or okay. as coach. Okay. Say. So it, it was a great experience. Dan's really great at collaborating, so he, he was very open to me getting my stuff in there, and not just in my scenes, but also he would kind of just throw out some ideas and, and suggest things and, and say like, hey, would you like to... Take a crack at a scene that was in his half. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun doing that with him. It's it's a it's a unique experience because you don't get taught that when you go to school. Sure. How to how to write yourself and and write good scripts well, but you don't get Mm -hmm. taught how to collaborate with people, which is yeah totally different
0: yeah yeah what a, what a great experience to have that's awesome now when you say maybe the sometimes you have the first half of the script or the second half does that necessarily translate to the show the first half of the show and the second half of the show or does that go out the window as far as the order
1: it kind of goes out the window i think uh, okay as far as the, yeah uh i mean ultimately the, the script is going to come down to the showrunner's vision So whether it's Dan or it's Eric Overmeyer, we're we're all aspiring for it to be more like Eric Overmeyer. He's the, he's the voice of the show. Yeah. Uh, And he's such a great writer and and so much. I see so many comments on Twitter about the writing being so crisp Mm -hmm. and that's, that's all Eric there. Eric is so good at that. So even when I remember I, I wrote the, uh, the scene with Bosch and Elizabeth Clayton in the teaser and I remember the comment that Dan gave, and he was like, "This is excellent. This is a really good scene. Now let's make it an Eric Overmeyer scene." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and no this, pressure. Yeah, there, there's a difference there. There's a difference. Okay. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of the uh, we all aspire to that, and to have one singular voice okay. throughout the scene. Okay. Yeah. hmm
0: Okay. So, did you work on both of um, the scenes? We see Elizabeth a couple times in this episode, the beginning and then towards the end. Um, did you write for both of those scenes?
1: I did, actually. Okay. It was, the second scene was a scene we originally didn't have mapped out. It oh. was like the process, you, you're in the writer's room and you're mapping out cards. We're like, okay, we're gonna do these scenes. But mm-hmm. as you get into the script, you're like, eh, I feel like we need something else here. And one of the things that uh, Peter Yon, who is the EP on the show, and Dan, they got together and they were like, mm-hmm. I think we need one more. Okay. Elizabeth, we need to see her one more time because okay. this is the last episode where she's alive. Right. Um, so that was really that was really important to us. And then Dan was like, "Hey, why don't you take a crack at that scene?" Okay. Uh, so it, it was great to have a first pass on that, and then he did his stuff, and it it just turned out really well. And I remember being on set for that day, and, and Titus and Jamie they just knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was great. It was great. It's it's awesome to know you were a part of that. Let's talk about those. Normally at the beginning of the podcast, we do sort of an overview or recap of the episode. So maybe we can talk a little bit about a couple of those scenes um, with you. So I know that I found both of those scenes, of course, very emotional, um, very authentic, and there was, Jay and I have talked about this, I think, and some other folks on the podcast, that there are moments of silence in, in those scenes that were very effective as well. And I kind of, when I was thinking back about the episode, especially the scene at the end, I likened it a little bit to, and I, I don't mean this to minimize it, I mean it as a very real thing it seemed very much it it made me think about someone who maybe thought about dating someone they tried it out and it just wasn't going to work and you're kind of like we just want to come get some coffee or you know that person harry was pulling at her to try to keep her not romantically or anything but to keep her engaged and And, you know, hopeful for this life. And you could just see her kind of slipping away and giving excuses. I have to, you know, I have to go, my friend's waiting. And so it kind of made me think about that very typical scenario. But this, this scenario they were in, you know, was much more serious. Does that, did you, does that make sense with what you wrote? My sort of interpretation or?
1: Yeah, no, I I think so. And I think your interpretation is really, uh, it's probably deeper than we were even thinking. (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, I it, it really is that moment where, you know, Harry is, he's yeah, he's saying let's come in for coffee, but it's really, let's let's work this out. So you're not going to yeah. do something foolish. To what extent he knows that she might do something, you don't know, right? But it's definitely there, and he and he knows she's in this very fragile place. So yeah, I actually I love that imagery because now it, it gives me an image in my mind of just like, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. He's, he's wanting her to hold on to life. Mm-hmm. By something so so basic and mundane as, as coffee, but it means so much. And for her to step yeah. away and what what I love what Jamie did and it was Jamie and, and Titus they worked this out is that he he goes to grab at her uh-huh. and he just she just sort of yeah. links her arm. I think that mm-hmm. was absolutely fantastic and yeah a great understanding of the scene and the characters mm-hmm. in that yeah
0: right yeah it was I've I've used this word in a lot of scenes in Bosch because it it happens and it really shows on screen but there was like a there was kind of a sense of foreboding. We were in episode nine when we were watching, but we didn't know necessarily, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen in 10 until we saw it. But you just kind of felt like this might be the last time that they they saw each other. It really gave that feeling or that fear, you know, it left you concerned for her. Yeah. So, and likewise, the scene at the beginning, when, when he comes to her, I just thought the way she, they both played it was fantastic. But, you know, she was trying to, you know, to make excuses of, you know, you should have called, you know, I'm here with you. Obviously she had, you know, fallen off the wagon. She had friends at her apartment and, you know, things were going in a, you know, a a bad direction based on all the work she had done to become sober. And she's just kind of fumbling a little bit and making excuses and you should have called. And he says, well, I did call. I, you know, I even left a a voicemail and, but then she finally kind of breaks when he, he gives her the line of, you know, changes a process. And it's almost like that was a, a trigger for her. Did you kind of notice that Jay?
2: I might have. (laughs) I'm just letting you talk I'm just letting you roll with it It
0: was was just kind of like that was the last straw with her Like she couldn't Listen to the ideology yeah. anymore. She had made a decision. She had made a choice that nope, I'm not. I'm not going back that route. But yeah, they had just had such a comfortable relationship throughout several episodes since like um well since episode four I think when they first we first saw them talking again and she was sober and and so forth and it it just seemed easy with them and all of a sudden it felt really awkward. So that was definitely notable.
1: Yeah.
0: In that scene,
1: yeah it, it it was a it was a fun scene to write because <laughs> we didn't want to take her all the way to that place of like okay you know she's going to do something right um, you wanna, it was that nice sort of middle ground mm-hmm. uh, where. She, yes, like you said, she she just had fallen off the wagon. How far along is she? We didn't want to go too far, but just far enough that Harry's concerned and Harry has a sense of urgency to really wrap up the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hoping that by, by giving her this good news that he, he's got her her daughter's killer. Right. It's going to rectify things on some level. He doesn't, he knows it's not going to happen completely, but on some level Mm -hmm. it'll make things better. And yeah, she just wasn't, she wasn't giving him anything. Yeah. I remember, I remember being on set that day. There was a conversation I had with Titus and we were able to talk just very personally and, he puts so much of himself into the scenes. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like fans don't fully know that or they're not able to, right. to know that. Uh, yeah, surely. He puts right. so yeah. into, the, into these scenes and he just understood the scene so well. He understood what Elizabeth's character would be going through in this moment uh-huh. and how uh-huh. she would be deflecting any chance that he's trying to like he's trying to get that in with her and she yeah. just keeps deflecting it keeps deflecting it and, and and in those situations it's hard to give somebody those usual platitudes of like mm-hmm. oh it's going to be okay it's a process right and things like that. As, as humans when you're struggling you don't want to hear that stuff you, you right. know it just comes as feeling false to you yeah and yes Yeah.
0: And it was interesting that she and, she and Harry both were not really prepared for feeling the way they were when they were about to catch the guy you know she even stated it that she thought she would feel differently when when he, you know when he was closing in on someone and had captured him and, and and Harry seemed I mean he was surprised too because he also thought she would be happier this would be like a another milestone for her maybe in her recovery and it was kind of just the opposite so I, th- I think you guys did a great job of writing the story that you know sadly was very realistic you know that she she ended up confronting a lot of her guilt and stuff too so well what other um what other scenes and in, in the show and that episode
2: can i butt oh. in for a second oh, i know i I'm a pressing the... question <laughs> and you just won't stop just say
0: excuse me jay listen we've, me.
2: we've got the guy that's that's responsible for a lot of this show and i want to know why in the hell he didn't save dwight's life why did you let dwight die man you could have changed oh that
0: is a very good
2: question why did you kill dwight you are a murderer <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I would say we're all murderers in that respect. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's interesting because <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up because we we mapped out that Dwight had to die, unfortunately. That's was, a heartbreaker. It, it really is. And and that was something we thought about very early in the season. We we're like, okay, how do we get to that place? The way he died, yes, I, I will take credit for that.
2: Oh, well, the truth yeah. comes out, Jay. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it.
1: Well, I, I mean, I... I i was in the office i came up with an idea which um which obviously was the the strangulation and um, i spoke to teresa who is peter yawn's assistant uh she's such a great creative mind so i like bouncing ideas off with her okay and yeah i, I pitched her the idea i was like oh what if, what if uh he just came and strangled them like yeah. you know? wow. and we we spent about half an hour just kind of thinking that through mm-hmm. logistically would that how would that work and i remember i i I pitched that to dan and i could just tell like it was like we'll see if that stays in we'll see if Uh it's because we had we haven't done anything like that before so uh, Mm -hmm. it it felt right to me because avril sends tucson and i thought it was really important that if you're going to send your lieutenant to do it it's got to be something that's uh, profound. It can't just be. Yeah. You really angry. get your hands dirty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause he would only trust this guy to do this and Ugh. to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is heartbreaking when you think about it. Cause Dwight's journey is so mm-hmm. it's self-destructive because in the last episode, mm-hmm. he goes real right. and he pretty much seals his fate. So it's yeah. uh, it's a very sad turn of events for him, but it, it really propels er- Edgar to that place.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. What he
1: does. So, uh, now who's happy? To help write that—that was—that was fun. <laughs> well, it was, that was He's extremely
0: so proud pivotal. Of killing yes, White,
1: man, can you
0: believe this? Well, it evoked all sorts of emotions. I was actually sitting in my chair, just staring. Even after the episode was over, I just—it it really affected me greatly. I'd become so attached to that character. And I'm curious at the end when Harry tells Jerry, "You probably need to step away from this." And he says, "Well, would you? Who helped? Who wrote that line?" Or not that we're trying to pick apart. Did you write it or did oh, Dan good, write yeah. it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, think, I think that was I think that was all Dan. Okay. I think that was all Dan. There, he he had a vision for the last scene. And mm-hmm. I think there was another line in there. Oh yes, there 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 actually was another line. There was a response oh. that uh, to Titus makes. Okay, on uh, the day and we cut it. Uh-huh. Um, he did, and it it just works so much better without that line. That when the yeah. yeah. said, "Would you." And Bosch just knows he would. Yeah, it was basically really
0: rhetorical. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that understanding between the two of them. Mm. It was so profound. And that goes back to both of them really understanding the characters, understanding the scene, and sure. what's going to resonate the most with the audience. So, yeah. yeah so I, I apologize for, for killing Dwight. I <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you look <laughs> <We> got... <laughs> so sad about it.
4: You look so beat up about it.
2: He was, you were even baited like, like this
0: might not stay in, and it stayed in. There you go. <laughs> well, Jay, do we, we were... have... Oh, we were
4: always going to do something
1: to, to get rid of it. It was just how we were going to do it. How, yeah. The, the yeah, method. But I, I think director Tara did a fantastic job with that. Yeah, scene yeah. Because that... in, in the script, we didn't have Tucson getting out of the vehicle and walking off. Oh. And He uh, had uh, instructed Baba John to do that. Yeah. And when we all saw it in Video Village, we're just like, oh, this is awesome. Uh-huh. This is really great. Yeah. I remember going back to Dan, and I was just like, well, we have to. We have to keep that. That's such yeah. a great moment. It really solidified Toussaint as this badass. Which yeah, it was great.
0: Oh, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Jay, do we have any comments in the in the Bosch pit group that we want to ask oh, about? Or
2: they, they all hate him for killing Dwight. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally, I'm that,
3: that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: it, it was effective, you know. So. <laughs> right not that they love the behind the scenes stuff they loved they talked a lot about the clayton and and boss mm-hmm. scenes, As you guys are talking about that curious if if you had anything to do with the harry and dylan Interview stuff.
1: Uh, so I took a I took a first pass on that, and that's a fu- I guess that's a funny story too. I remember <laughs> I was I was working late at night. I'm like, I got to get this perfect interview scene. It's got to be so dramatic. I, I was referencing yeah. so many movies and uh, checking out these scripts. And I was like, okay, what can I use? What can I really make this great? And uh-huh. I gave it to him. He's like, yeah, let's go in a different direction with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just what you wanted to hear. <laughs> right, but but the, what he came up with was fantastic. Like, I don't think we've seen that really because there's a bit of control that Dylan has in that scene that yes. uh, you probably wouldn't see in an interrogation scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love that. I love that balance and the way mm-hmm. they're playing each other. Um, yeah. I, I think that's really great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I want to kind of ask about that a little bit. You know, this is this is a, a huge episode. I mean, there's just so much mm-hmm. that happens, and it's a lot of very powerful things that happen. And here you are being a big part of this writing for this episode so as as like the new guy when you go into this and i guess maybe this is kind of advice too for anybody out there that maybe go tries to get into a career like this too do you go in there and you kind of do your thing and then you wait for the feedback and you're like okay or are you you push a lot for what you believe it like what is it like for that new guy trying to do well but without maybe stepping on toes or Mm -hmm. maybe going overboard or do you go full throttle and you're like no we're doing it this way because i said I, i mean what do you do
1: Well, I mean, the one thing I learned very quickly, and and Tom Bernardo was great at kind of navigating me through what it's like to be in a writer's room and to to write a script and to collaborate with someone. You try to get your stuff in for sure. You definitely Mm -hmm. want to try to get stuff in. But you also need to work within the boundaries of the show and within the voice of the show. So... It, it's very easy to be like, well, this is what Harry would do. And he's going to be this guy and stuff like that. But if it's not the show, that's ultimately going to get knocked down. Your goal is to take chances, but at the same time to give the showrunner a script that he doesn't really have to rewrite. He can just uh-huh. go in there, make little tweaks and and get a really good episode. out of. It's always a joy when you have your lines that stay in, some of the choices that you make that stay in. It, it's great to see that. I had a a lot of that, obviously, last uh, season six for us it feels like last season because right. we're already right, yeah, on that. right. But yeah, to, it's it's that process of give and take and, and collaborating and really understanding that you, what your goal is and your goal is to make the showrunner's life easier. Mm-hmm. So okay. as long as you can work within those parameters and, and make the showrunner's life easier, but still tell a good story. You know you're golden, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's always good to put your little your little nuggets in there so that you right. know uh, that it's your show that's your episode, and and that that you know if it stays in you you hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, going back to Dwighting, I, I didn't I didn't think that was gonna stay in. I didn't know if that was gonna that's stay right. in, but it felt like the right thing to me, and I was able mm-hmm. to to defend it and I think that's another thing too if you're going to write something be able to defend it definitely yeah
0: that that's that makes nice. a lot of sense yeah. yeah now are you a fan of easter eggs in writing do you try to put little hidden things in that reference callbacks or anything
1: oh yeah definitely I I love that stuff I, <laughs> I do too we <laughs> could see from the stuff behind me I'm a like, yeah. kind of big nerd um, <laughs> but uh no I I love that and I love that for the books it, it was really it was really important for me for the episode to be called Dark Sacred Night, because it could have been called anything. We, we didn't right. have to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that as just like a fan of the books. Sure. Um, I love when we can take names from the books and put it in there mm-hmm. and people are like, wait a minute, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's a, that's a lot of fun to do. And and going back to previous seasons and showing how there's the connectivity to it all. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, big fan, big fan of that. Big fan of that. For cool, sure. cool. I like to hear
0: that. Were you involved with the writing on the the whole takedown with Winston and Marvel and and Avril wearing the wire and that whole thread?
1: Uh, I was involved with that too. Uh, Dan very graciously gave me a pass. Let me do a pass on that as well. Okay. And yeah, that, that was fun to write because it, it was it's very complex. I think that was the most challenging thing I had to write because Avril needed to play as if he was still good with winston and marvell to an extent right but right. to be manipulating them at the same time uh uh-huh.
0: uh-huh.
1: but needed to also not be incriminating himself further exactly yeah so there, was, there was like three different things going on there and again i, I this is something I, I spoke with Teresa about and i'm just like i don't know how to write that <laughs> we, we kind of did some brainstorming and, and okay um, yeah I, I did a crack at it and then dan uh, did his pass and the end the scene turned out so well, and, and those guys are, are all such talented actors. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they elevated the scene. Trevor is fantastic. Uh, then you got Brian and you got uh, Terrence. And they, yeah, they just they just knocked it out of the park. And, and we were able, once you know you see it on, on, on the page and you're like, okay, well, it's gonna move like this. But then when you see the director take it and add in the, the cutaways and you're, you're back in the van and you're seeing people's reactions, and mm-hmm. it, it enhances the entire thing. And then on the day, yeah, the great thing is we have our consultants, uh, Tim and Mitzi.
3: Okay, who yeah.
1: are fantastic at what they do, obviously, as consultants and as detectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they just made that scene so good. They really did. Uh, they walked us through what was realistic. All of the, all of the, the officers, uh, I think it's easy to to focus on Edgar. But a lot of the officers, if you take the time to look back at it, the reactions they have, the timing they have is really yeah. fantastic yeah spot, I, I, I don't know the actress who is uh who was yelling get down
0: i noticed I, her yeah
1: yeah I, I remember on the day I was <laughs> she like, sounds oh. mean yeah i like, i, I would have yeah, gone down <laughs> i was like okay I <laughs> yes like, ma'am this is this is intimidating <laughs> yeah. but no it, it that's what I, I love about just making tv and, and film too it, it's a collaborative process and it once everybody's working towards the same vision, it comes out fantastic. Yeah.
0: Well, I was watching those officers that were doing the arrest because, I mean, they were on the front lines. They were the ones, you know, taking them down. And I was looking at them and I wondered if they were actual law enforcement because I know sometimes actual law enforcement is utilized. So I I, yeah. I thought she was real. <laughs> she did a great job. And that's,
1: and that's that's the thing too. I think even with when we use the real law enforcement, you never know how people are going to be in front of the camera. And uh-huh. they're, they're, so, they're so flawless at what they do. And it's just like- it's awesome. Kind of yeah, yeah, um, and that's what I love about the show. There's such realism to it, and we try to be as authentic as possible with everything. So I thought, I thought that was great. Yeah, it it really turned out fantastic, and that was a scene that originally we were going to shoot in the daytime.
0: Oh, um, okay, us. I like uh, the night.
1: Yeah, yeah, the choice was made to make a night, and and yeah. I love that the color palette that's mm-hmm. used there. It's fantastic. So Mm -hmm. a a, a lot of props to everybody who made that possible.
0: And clever writing again. I feel like, you know, when you watch something, Jay, and you feel like, I should have seen that coming. You know, like you question yourself. Because when the guy, the state guy, State Department guy walks out and yeah. just sort of extracts him. I'm just like, what just happened? I didn't see it coming at all. You know, we know Avril. We've seen the way he manipulates. And I just, it was just, it was all about leading up to this big takedown, you know, and getting these guys. And you just thought he was going to be next, you know. Yeah. And then boom, it turned on a dime. So well done. Because I, I, like I said, I, I criticized myself thinking I should have seen it coming, but I did
3: not. So.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think what was really great about the season particularly is you're you're really rooting obviously all the time you're rooting for for our guys our heroes Mm -hmm. uh, for things to work out but what's so great about the season is it it works out but there's always the caveat it's the system working against them every single turn and you know at the end of the season Bosch and Edgar are are left in this really kind of distraught place because of that yeah Uh,
0: very much yeah, yeah
1: yeah very much so more so than other seasons I think Mm-hmm. Um, and and the fun is is where do we go from that and and that's all obviously next season but yeah i, I think that was the fun of this season was how can we undercut every victory yeah <laughs> have a victory and then just right it up, you know
3: exactly um,
1: he, before, even with bosh he's like hey i got dylan but there's more girls Uh you know yeah. it's just fun to do that
0: the greater good mm-hmm.
1: exactly
2: exactly
0: wow. what are you thinking jay you look like you're itching to say something
2: Oh, I just had one more question. Just one question, because I want to. Because you know, when I talk to cool people like this, I want to see if (laughs) like me or if I'm just the dork. What you know? (laughs) So, if I had been the writer for this episode, right, and this was like my Mm -hmm. first big episode, whatever, I would have made everybody watch it. Like all my friends, family, men. Like this is my show. You see, I did that right there. Did you do that, or were are you totally chill? Like, yeah, I I wrote that. Yeah, like it's a good question. It's a good
1: question. I'd be um, making phone
2: calls. I, I would definitely be like, "Mom, are you better watch that episode? Don't even watch the first eight. Just watch nine come back. You know. I well,
1: mean, like, it, it's interesting because my mom actually—that's exactly what she did. She was like, "I—I I don't care what episode it is. I'm just watching that episode." Oh, wow. And I was like, "Well, you're not going to understand anything that's going on." And she's like, "No, I'm watching that episode that's on awesome. Friday for everyone else." It was funny because. Uh, they were excited for me and I was like, yeah, check it out. It comes out the 17th. And they were like, yeah, I watched the first two episodes and I went to sleep and then I did two more episodes. So it took a while before people right. came okay. out. I was like, congratulations. Yeah. On, yeah. On oh, wow. But I, I was, I felt extremely blessed to have done the penultimate episode. It, it won because it was, it was just so much there and it was, mm-hmm. just, I fun with. but I was, you know, it, not to get too, too personal, but I was coming off of, like, my, my father passing, oh, and, uh, and I just had a son uh, in mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of emotions going on. Sure.
3: For me. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, and a lot of that I was able to put into the script. Uh, okay. with uh, Elizabeth Clayton, where she's like, people don't understand. Right. Uh, you don't understand either. I, you know, I felt that with, like, my father's passing. I was like, you know, I know a lot of people do understand, but then they don't, because everyone has right. their own experience when sure. they deal with grief. The line that Dwight has. uh, This is this is my, I guess, redeeming myself as far as kill, uh, you know, being Dwight. (laughs) Okay, you can try.
0: Okay, (laughs) you can try.
1: (laughs) It is that line he has uh, when when they're having the dinner. It's Dwight, his wife, and Edgar, and he gets up and he says, "You know what I remember the most (sighs) is this smile.
3: Mm -hmm. smile,
1: It it wipes away all the crap in the world and stuff like that." Mm -hmm. I really thank Dan for that line. Uh, it was a line that I came up with, but I had something else there, and Dan was like, "I want you to think as a father right now,"
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then write that line.
0: Wow! And
1: that's all I could think of. I was like, "I see my son," and it just—yeah, nothing else yeah. matters. everything's right. great. So that you know, to have those moments in there was was really great. And to—I don't know if I would have had it if it was a different episode. Yeah, you know, it, it mm-hmm. felt like it had to be this episode. So. Right, right.
0: Yeah, it made. Yeah, it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. And 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 that's another thing that speaks to the realism of the show is that I I could be real with the characters because the characters themselves are very real. And yeah. The show is. Very
0: real. Sure. Um, yeah.
1: And- what the fans love about the show.
0: About it, right. Yeah, it's so realistic and authentic. Well, Jay, I was thinking when we're talking about the rug being pulled out from under us, there was one series of events in this episode where we didn't have to worry about that. We actually got some satisfaction. And I know that you in particular must have loved when the internal affairs guy actually talks to everybody um, you know, gets the situation. Here's the same thing, and then puts it together that it's probably punitive in nature from Cooper, and he loses out. I mean, we don't see him get punished or anything like that, but just the satisfaction right. of seeing that guy. I think it's Sergeant Alvarez. Um, yes. sort of figure it out. It was very satisfying. So um. now
2: I'll let Oso talk about that if he wants to, but I think the important part about this is going into season seven, we have our end right here. Oso, we need Cooper. <laughs> there you go. We need him to die okay and I need it to be more brutal than Dwight oh I don't care who does it all right oh, I don't care what episode it's in I need you to take care of that for me okay can you do I'm that? telling you Jay has some strong feelings I, I we all like do him, but it's like me. I need you to yeah care.
1: I feel like I need to write a like a, a side episode that's not in the canon of Bosch. Yeah, some fan fiction. Let's do some, some fan, fan fiction. fiction for Jay just to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you but, know he's the actor is so great at doing his job. You he really, really don't is. like. Him. Yeah. I actually rewatched the episode because uh, I haven't I haven't watched the episode since uh, since April, obviously. But yeah i was watching it i was like man cooper you're such a jerk like i i just want you to get yours one day mm-hmm. but uh, he's such a great actor he's such a great actor and he's, uh, he's yeah. really really good at what he does and yeah i i love how he was still trying to stick it to Bill yeah, he's he like was. yeah eh, yeah maybe but yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i don't know how we'd prove that but you know he was, the wheels were already turning right, you know, about right. trying to get yeah, her on he something realized, else
1: like, all right, fine. I won't push it any further. Yeah, I thought, uh, and that was uh, so much of that was Dan, and, uh, and I think Dan is just really great at writing Cooper. And uh, okay, yeah, it, it was just fun to see. It was fun. To so see. you can thank Dan
0: for hating Cooper so much, Jay. Right. There's your name.
1: Oh, <laughs> hold on a second. Hold oh, <laughs> on a second.
2: Oh, hey, it's Eric Overmeyer on the phone. Hey, what's up, Eric? Yeah. Oh, you have Michael Connolly on as well yeah I'm talking oh it's funny
1: because right they're, they're actually
2: both calling me <laughs> yeah, no, yeah they're, they're trying to get you on the line because the pilot or the, the the first episode next they need Cooper gone and they want you to write to all right, everyone's I in we'll, agreement we'll get it done alright alright thanks guys take care bye alright sorry well a,
0: a couple that's awesome a couple of other um, events that take place in the episode before we move into our interrogation room you know Maddie lets her dad know she makes a decision about going to law school and that's that's interesting but I think the coolest part about that is her learning that her mom wanted to yeah. go to law school that was a really nice nugget I, I i appreciated that and then of course another guy that i just can't stand jack killerin and i have it's I, the actor is awesome <laughs> But I I, I I hated the character he played in Friday Night Lights. I hate his character in this. He's so good at that snarky, thinks yeah. he's above everybody else thing. Um, so, yeah, he attempts to extort Chief Irving. And, you know, yeah. that doesn't go as planned. You know, we know, we know what comes ahead in, in, in Episode 10. But focusing on 9, even the reaction he gets from the chief is not what he expected. You know, didn't rattle him, you know. And, yeah. and whether the chief... Kept some of that inside, and it's just his presentation. It, it absolutely did not show either way. So that I—that I, was a very good scene as well. Did, did you work on that one at all?
1: That was—I wanted no. That was Dan. That was Dan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think he had a good understanding of, of where the characters were at at the time, and the, I think Irving works so well. I've realized this because I went back and watched previous seasons. He works so well when he's a, he's opposite people who are just kind of offbeat and, and yeah. a little. Yeah. Uh, cause when he has the scene with uh with Cooper and Billets, um, uh-huh, oh yeah, it just it just it works because he's so stoic. he's just like yeah. so deadpan with everything that he does that uh, when when he's playing off with somebody who isn't, it's really great, and yeah, with Kerrand in the car, you know, killerrand's so smug and he's just like. <laughs> Oh man, let's make this happen. And Irving's mm. like, you know this is blackmail, right? It's it's great. It's great. And I, and I think that's what makes those scenes so great when you have two different characters coming together and they're having different goals, but still ultimately, because Irving's not going to flip out on Killerin. So he's still being mm-hmm. very reserved. He, he's, right. he's game, he's totally game planning. because, And I love that about Irving. Even mm-hmm. when he's back at the wall, he's still game planning. He's like, all right, let me get all the information Always. you have. Yeah, so that I can figure out a game right. plan to mess with you. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's the actor who played Killer Run is is really great too. And just again, like you said, just one of those actors where they get the character and you just love to hate them. Yeah. You love to yeah. hate.
0: Yeah. Well, I, another thing that we do after we kind of talk about different events that happen. Um, in, in the episode, as we do an interrogation room, our clever little name, and we just ask each other a question about the episode, just kind of probing
2: for thoughts. Do you
0: have one ready, Jay?
2: Oh, you got to put me on the spot. I didn't know we were transitioning already. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you got to give me, like, a, a nudge or something.
0: Do you have anything in the comments to, oh, that would uh, raise oh, a there, question? There,
2: there was a question from Mike.
3: Actually okay.
2: Out there. He wanted to know, in order to write an episode that you're writing after, you know, someone wrote a previous episode, are there any, like, complications or speed bumps that you run into because you're kind of continuing someone else's story?
1: Yeah, definitely. A great example of that would be the homeless task force storyline so we didn't know fully what they were going to do in episode eight as far as what they were going to cover what um billets was going to cover in the room what crate and Barrow were going to say in response to that uh so you know you're working on a a timeline you're trying to get these scripts out and we're, we're already getting a kind of ahead of ourselves with that information so we write this scene or i think I think it was Dan. It was either Dan or I. We, we wrote the scene and we had this information in it. We had it structured a certain way. And we're like, oh yeah, this works. And then we got episode eight and we're like, oh, well they, they talked about all this already. Okay, uh, oh, now we got to uh, restructure and, and hopefully get new information out there. So yeah, that, that definitely tends to happen with TV. I, I think you have to, uh, you just have to be really adaptable and not, not be too married to anything that you have because it can change. Okay. You try to go through the process as much as possible as far as like beating out the episodes in, in the room, beating out the scenes and then doing the outlines. And you're really working off the outline to create your scenes, but also to figure out what other people are doing in previous episodes. But, the, you know, things change and, and everything's very fluid. So I think when somebody decides, OK, I'm, I'm going to put this information in there, you then have to course correct. Okay. Um, All right. If you're, if you're the later episode, let's say if it's eight, I'm nine. Nine needs to change for eight. Eight doesn't right. need to change. Yeah.
2: Right, right.
1: So it that that's a process. And it's it's fun because you you really intimately get to know all the episodes that way. Because you have to yeah. read eight, how to read 10, because you're setting up 10 as well. So yeah, you're, just, you're you're getting very exposed to the the scenes and the characters and making sure that everything is flowing the right way.
0: Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, well, I'll throw my question out, Jay. Oh, go ahead. At the dinner... Well, first of all, it was nice to meet Dwight's wife. That personal touch, I like that. Putting that together, he had spoken of her and stuff. So they're having dinner together with Jay Edgar, and Jerry tells a story about I don't know if it's Timalia. I can't remember the name. I'd have to look it up. About the sort of this legend in Haiti of like mm-hmm. with this ghost or whatever. And it talks about he talks about not getting greedy. And he's saying it to Dwight, like trying to warn Dwight to to stay back. You know, don't try to get involved anymore. Don't be you know, greedy, so to speak. Do you think he was really talking to Dwight, or do you think he was also talking to himself about the case?
2: That's a good question. Come on, writer man, what's your answer? Come on. Yeah, yeah, he can just tell us the right answer. <laughs> no, I know, I'm not even going to try to answer, because he can be like, no, or of course.
1: no he's I think he's talking to himself I think I think in that conversation and I think Dwight sees through it a little bit that's why Dwight is like who's saying that you or somebody else yeah Uh, because they're they're both in the same place they both Mm -hmm. lost uh, and it all goes back to Gary a father's lost a son Edgar is carrying the burden of losing his CI he still feels responsible for what Mm -hmm. happened and he knows Dwight's frustrations about what's going on and how the investigation has been so slow so, yeah, I think he is I think he is trying to convince himself as well. And I don't think it's a, until Dwight tells the story about his, uh, Gary's smile and then Edgar says, I'm not done with him, that that's when Edgar kind of separates and he's like, okay, I need you to do this, but uh-huh. do as I say, not as I do. Kind ah,
0: of. okay, okay. Right. Interesting, interesting. All right, Jay, now you know the, the, the behind the scenes, but when you watched it, how did you take it? I...
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously trying to talk to Dwight, but he's definitely, I mean, he's got to know he's going down, I don't want to say a dangerous path, but mm-hmm. a not so great path. I mm-hmm. mean, because my question is going to go into like, do these guys, do, will they ever have any closure to any of this? You know, and right. it kind of goes into that with, with Jay Edgar, because can there ever be closure for 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 Dwight or Jacques Avril with is is harry ever going to have closure he you know he found dylan but then he found out there's all these other girls too and then right. daisy clayton isn't handling it well do they yeah it's like everything sucks <laughs> <laughs> like they get an answer or they get somewhere but it all su- like where's the yeah. closure
1: yeah yeah i get you. I, I, I mean, and that's that's unfortunately life. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is, it <laughs> is. Yes, we're getting life lessons here, Jay. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you certainly have an opportunity to ask us a question if there's one that you want to pose to us, also, or or you can pass. It's up to you.
1: Well, I I have a question for Jay actually. Um, um, nice. I like
2: those. <laughs> this is this is turnabout fair play. <laughs>
1: I'm just curious at, at, what, at what point, what, what was the moment that your hatred for Cooper really began? Like, what was the scene? Ah, that,
0: that's a good question.
2: I oh, really man. did it for you. I, that's an excellent question. And I don't even know because my hatred is so big. <laughs> He's <laughs> blinded by his hatred. <laughs> that is a really good question. I don't know that I've ever liked
1: the guy, actually. Okay.
0: I think he's always seemed self-serving in every scene he's in. So that's what's done it for me. And it's just exponentially gotten worse and worse. they just compound one another, those events.
2: I think, I I think this season though, probably uh, where I say my, my hatred probably peaked (laughs) is, is, oh man, what episode was that? The episode where he pulls out like the department manual Oh, like,
0: yeah. And Right after he tells Vega, you know, yeah. oh, okay. We don't because, need to worry about it.
2: Right. Because you got Mr. Plan now who's going to do what he wants to do and let me get it by the book and let me. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just want to. I'm telling you, don't well, kill him next year, please. You'll be my favorite <laughs> person ever, okay? Ever. I,
0: I also wanted to punch him in the shoe shine scene, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, when he's talking yeah. to Pierce. That's he's yeah. just, again, always so self serving and trying to undermine someone else and weasel yeah. his way out of something and trying to, you just, know, lure him with command opportunities. Uh,
1: the worst. Well, and it, it's so interesting because he does have an axe to grind. I mean, billets. True. It. Yeah, Here's the crime stats. Uh, yeah. But he really
0: did
2: something wrong. Wait, wait a second. Is he? Is he <laughs> yeah. trying to stand up for Cooper? So first you <laughs> killed Dwight, <laughs> and, and now you're defending Cooper. <laughs>
1: I'm just defending all the negative stuff in the show
2: right I'm calling Eric. We, I you.
0: mean, it's true. We have not drawn attention to that point that he, there is a reason behind him doing this, but the reason is his own fault. You know, he chose to yeah. make that. And even then he didn't take the disciplinary days or whatever. He gave them exactly. to Lieutenant Thorne. I mean, it's I just. just it's,
1: it's, it's great. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, maybe all one right. day. Maybe one day he'll get his. Maybe. I hope so. I hope
0: so. Well, this is when we usually move into persons of interest, and and we don't mean that in regard to a a case or a suspect or anything, just someone that we really wanted to highlight from the episode. You ready to go first on this one, Jay?
2: Yeah, but I'm afraid I'm going to steal yours. It's okay. I have a couple in in mind. In case I do. Uh, I'm going to go back to what what, uh, I think we originally started talking during all this, and it's Clayton. Okay. Just Clayton, because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of attached to her now sure you know what i mean and you know just the the agony that she's going through and the fact that now we're watching her get the answers that she thought she always wanted and mm-hmm. it's just not like it's not enough it's not right it, it, mm-hmm. um and the way kind of was spread out in the episode too like you can't not think about it so yeah. all those Jacques Vril's a jerk and i'm really mad dwight's dead and she just hurts so i i I give her this episode because it's just it's a tough one it's tough
0: yeah yeah all right i'm going to throw out one that may not come to mind first but i think it's important to note and it was very satisfying I'm going to talk about Edgewood and when they get the search warrant and they go to the warehouse at post-mortem bio cleaners and Harry gives him the go to send him in to, you know, break it, break open the door and get in there and start the search. And I know when we, just a little teaser, when we talked to Deji earlier, that interview will be coming up. He talked about being the muscle kind of, of, of yeah. you know, sometimes and just just know it reminds us that Harry and J. Edgar and all they all have this support system behind them you know it's not just their detective work it's the collaboration and each person has their role but just knowing that we were going to catch Dylan, you know, or find something on him. I mean, or, or hopeful that we were, um, it was just fun seeing his team go in take charge and break down the door and yeah. get to that search. So
2: well, you, you wrote this darn episode, who's your, <laughs> your person of interest <laughs> for the episode?
1: Oh, there's so many, so many. Um, I know there's,
0: there's no bad choice for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would, I would ha- kind of in the same vein of, of going to, uh, uh, Clayton. I, I think, uh, it just, I mean, I feel Dwight, you know, is is the most uh, sympathetic character in the episode, not just because of what happens to him, but mm-hmm. uh, there's somebody who's just, who's really hurting. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I love how his wife has to sort of, in that moment, and when they're having dinner, the, the wife is like, so Edgar says, stay away from Avril, and the wife is like, he will. Yeah. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know because yeah. but you you know, he doesn't want to, you know, he right. wants to keep going, he wants to get this guy, he wants to uh, vindicate his son. Um, and the fact that he's not able to, and ultimately, he's never going to be able to, uh, is, Thanks is to you. really <laughs> the, the, the group, the collaborative. <laughs> but
2: uh, I don't let yeah, things they, go if you haven't really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, I mean, think that's just as heartbreaking as, as Elizabeth mm-hmm. because it goes back to that part of there is no closure. Right. Yeah. There's no real closure. Yeah. Because even with Avril, they're just going to get the Jakes. They're just mm-hmm. going to get Finn and Marvell. Um, they're not getting Avril. And, and that's, uh, that's I, I couldn't imagine that. I, I don't know how anyone yeah. would feel going
0: okay. that, so yeah. well um i think in the interest of time we'll maybe skip over evidence locker tonight usually we talk about the things we've learned as far as evidence in the episode but we've yeah. gotten so much closer on so many cases yeah. that you know we he got dylan you know there, there was some big stuff that happened but um we, we'll move into our tip line segment because i think this will be interesting for Oso to hear some feedback from other listeners we ask um listeners and fans of the show to write in and just give us you know their thoughts on the episode so we got some from um, Superfan Joe question, why didn't Dwight honk the horn to scare Remy away? Ooh, talk about that. Back at headquarters, Jay Edgar and Harry discuss Avril. J. Edgar gets a call from Bennett. Jay Edgar and Harry go to find Dwight why is dead. Jay Edgar gets upset about Dwight's killing. Harry tells J. Edgar he is too close to to, to step away. Jay Edgar answers, would you? Jay Edgar is becoming more like Harry. So interesting some of the things he noted there, and he's got some trivia for us too. But yeah, that's you had a little response there when he asked Jay about why not honk the horn. I don't know if there's any time to react at all. Right,
2: but because you know when it's funny too. Because when I watch that scene too, his window is open too, and I'm like, dude, uh, why are you screaming? And then I'm like, you I, can't. Yeah, you're just you're like this is your only. You yeah, you can't do anything.
0: Yeah. My husband, and I know this wouldn't work either, and he knows it, but my husband had this theory of um, if he could have grabbed like the, the seat thing on the side and made the seat go back really fast, like hit him in the head with it. You know, We're all, we're all trying to think of these things that would have saved Dwight. That's what it is. We just yeah. desperately want there to be a way he could have survived, but
1: it's too yeah. fast and yeah. Yeah. can't breathe, I, can't talk. I know, it's great that, that everyone thinks that way because that's, that's just the process we had to go through to make the scene work that's true was, yeah you know what what could dwight do in this moment and yeah the, the thing we kept coming back to is like it's it's so quick your instinct is going to be yeah to grab yeah
0: to go yeah. for your neck yeah yeah
1: um it's it's more the TV thing, I guess, to do, which is like go for certain things. Oh yeah. It, it would, or... yeah, it would. It, yeah,
0: it, yeah. It's that would not be authentic, you know, because we can we can see through it too. But it also just shows, like I said, our desperation to try to think of a way he could have survived because it was such a meaningful character, you know. So yeah. that says a lot about how he was written. Well, um, Joe has a few trivia questions for us. We um, I usually like to pick Jay's brain about that. You're welcome to. Of course, to stay and see if you know any of these answers, because I know you look at it from a different perspective. You know, watching the dailies and and all that. This one I thought about today, so I would have gotten this one correct. What is Liz Clayton's apartment number?
2: Oh, that one's big and bold. I know that one for sure. Let's see if Oso knows that one. Uh,
1: <laughs> apartment two. Do you agree, Jay? Yeah. Yep.
2: Two. Yep. Yeah. Two. He's cheating. Um, He's watching the episode in the background. Yeah,
1: exactly. I have another screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. What is the
0: name of the fingerprint tech? I'll give you a bonus point if you uh, know her last name.
2: Oh, did they say her last name?
0: No, but it's in the character guide that I wrote. I remember
2: her first name. (laughs) And I do remember her first name. Oh, yeah. But I don't know the last name. Yeah, Harry
0: says her name a couple of times.
2: Yeah. Wanda.
0: Yep. Wanda. Wanda. Wanda Williams.
3: There you What's her go. Because, you
0: know, I look at all the x ray information too. Cheater. Oh, now Jay might get this one because he kind of thinks this way about the trivia. What is the Carzars
2: telephone number? Oh, I i don't know that one.
0: But sometimes you write down the phone numbers. I, I do. I do. I yeah. did
2: for this episode because I, I, I didn't okay. think anyone would would come at me with any more phone numbers. Right. But I'll remember that for episode 10.
0: I don't know if there's some autocorrect here or not, or if it really It says one eight one one nine four four six zero one, but I, I did not write that down. Okay, what's the name of the book Harry finds the IDs in? It's like a faux book with a little safe. I don't the know safe. the
2: name of it. I don't, yeah, I don't know the name of that. I was doing so well, too. <laughs> oh, so come on. What's the name of the book, man?
1: Come on. Uh, I, I, it, was, uh, ooh, it was a dictionary or an encyclopedia.
2: You're
0: good. The New England Dictionary.
2: Tice. He is watching right. that crap in the background. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're I watching it. I knew it.
0: <laughs> okay, one more. That's a good one. How many service stripes does the IA sergeant have on his sleeve?
2: Ooh. Ooh. I think I know. Oh, I'm gonna go with four.
1: Okay. Do you have a guess also? I'm gonna go with. Three just to be different from Jay.
2: Because he's looking at his T V screen. <laughs> See which way he's looking. In this case,
1: different is good. It's
0: three, which Joe says would be fifteen years of service. So well done, guys. Well done. So well that's usually where we end for the evening and then we, we queue up an interview. We had an interview with Lance Reddick, which is going to be on this episode of the podcast. And we talked to him before the season dropped. So, you know, that we couldn't ask him all the questions we would now. But um, it's always a good time talking to Lance. So we we got a lot of fun this episode, Mm -hmm. getting to talk to Oso and get, I mean, I love getting that scoop and just, it makes you think a little bit differently sometimes about the show after hearing things that, you know, you have to say from the writer's room and I mean that's where it, that's where it starts, you know. This whole thing started with writing with Michael Conley's books, and now you guys write for the show. I mean, the writing is yep. is just the integral, you know, part of yep. getting it off the ground. So well done, and we, we we're excited for your success, and just can't thank wait you. to see what comes next.
2: Yeah. Tell so. tell the wife and uh, son thank you for letting us steal for you.
0: sharing you with us. Yes, yes, that's please. Nice.
3: do.
1: And uh, remember, I, I was you might see like a hand cross the screen. Uh, <laughs>
0: I love little hands. I would right. totally have been totally fine fun. to see a little yeah. hand.
2: <laughs> That's who's probably back in, in the background with a cue card holding up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's giving you the scoop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh. that's so sweet nah. all right listen man thank don't forget God. cooper next year okay yeah next year. <laughs> don't forget cooper all right I'm yeah, gonna
3: you. right, now, okay? <laughs> gonna all right. Make a call. you are
2: <laughs> i'm trusting you all right no listen uh, man it's it's been really great talking to you thank you for being absolutely here. It really, really appreciate it congratulations yeah. on one heck of an episode uh-huh
0: you.
2: keep kicking some butt man keep kicking some yeah
0: butt. Well, that's You're it good. for the Everybody Counts podcast tonight. Thanks to everyone for listening and hanging out with us in the Bosch pit. And we'll be back next week for episode 10. See Great. ya. Bye. Ta-da.
4: Hey, this is Lance Reddick, who plays cheap Irving Irving on Bosch. This is Everybody Counts Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, Lance. Thanks for joining us again. We're going to start out with a heavy hitter. I want to know. How your dog Rita is responding to the puppies you've been fostering at your house?
4: Uh she's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> she's she's kind of territorial, but she's also pretty old. So Okay. She's fairly chill. And she also she just had a heart operation a few months ago. Oh. So yeah, so she's she's fairly chill. Uh sometimes if they're in her face too much, she gotta she'll snap at them, but she's okay. doing okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good to hear. Good to hear. All right, well, we want to know how you would describe what makes June such a great partner for Irving that's some exciting news in uh, season six we've We've been privy to the first five episodes, and none of this will air on the podcast until okay. it's
4: been released. but yeah, we wanted to ask you about that well that's why I mean we've been together for a couple of seasons now, so she's ambitious i mean she's very she's very um the word that comes to my mind is canny and not i don't want to I, I, the, 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 the the next thing that came to my mind was um Lady Macbeth, but I didn't want to go that far. Okay. (laughs) So, but 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 she's um you and you started seeing it last season. She's very much good at thinking of of, uh, Irving in terms of his career and what makes sense to position himself to move forward or upward, Mm -hmm. depending on how you want to put it. Right. Okay. Yeah,
2: that makes a lot of sense. You're way too cheerful. I I, she's just (laughs) I see. Which one of them? I see smiling. I'm so not used to this. I'm not used to it at all. You need
0: to follow him on Instagram, Jay. I get to see lots of smiles from Lance.
2: Oh yeah, I do a lot of silly stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so fun. <laughs> now I gotta do it. Now I gotta do you it. You have to. And And I bring that up because Irving is such a commanding kind of personality, very intimidating. Somebody you kind of don't mess with, right? So... Tracy and I were talking about a little bit before the podcast we never really see him smile we never really get to see him have a whole lot of fun he's always so darn serious there's a lot of stress 95% of
4: the time yeah
2: yeah you know he's always got something going on so for you as that actor after a long day on set being serious or angry or stressed out or focused is that hard for you to decompress or can you kind of
4: easily move in and out of that uh, at this point, I can move in and out of it pretty easily. I mean, I, I definitely don't, especially with Irving, I don't take it. The only time it was hard was the episode where my son dies in season two. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, particularly the day, particularly because we shot the, the day we shot me discovering his body, going to the crime scene, was also the same day that we shot me telling his mother. Oh, geez. oh Okay. And wow. so... No, no, no! I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Those are different days. Those are different days. But oh. they were like they were like close to each other. Yeah. So that was hard, especially yeah that that crime scene. Uh, when I got into that emotion of seeing his body, it was it was grueling to prepare for. It was kind of tough to pull myself out of. It, it, was, mm-hmm. it was exhausting.
2: Yeah, I know. I can imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, we talked
0: about Irving's gone through so many things over the seasons. So after all these years of playing him, is there a definitive favorite scene for you? Is there one that jumps out as a favorite memory of playing Irving?
4: Wow, there's so many cool memories.
0: Yeah. I've had a lot of
4: fun on the show. Probably the, the, the thing that came to my mind immediately when you asked the question was last season, when Bosch, when Bosch confronts me at the end of the season. And I can't remember if it was the last episode or if it was the penultimate episode, but he confronts me with the, uh, the crime scene photo that I thought mm-hmm. that I had, I had destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was this second one. Then There was another copy right. that I kept in the cold case files. And so he, when well, he confronts me with that photograph to accuse me basically of, of framing the guy. And I say to him, what do you want, Bosch? And he says the truth. And then I get up with the photograph and then I put it in the shredder and then I look at him and I say, about what? Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was
0: fantastic.
4: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. There was a lot. Even there was a lot of suspense in that too, because we're like, okay, he's getting rid of it. What is he gonna say? You know, it was just a perfect line. That was that was something else for sure. Yeah. That shredder won an award too. We <laughs> heard that. That yeah, for best office equipment last year. Indeed. So, but and and that has a lot to do with the the guy using the shredder, of
4: course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that's office equipment man i, I, I didn't know about that oh you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need to know what it looks like that's what i need
2: to know <laughs> all right speaking of the way you talk to bosch when irving is talking about bosch it's always kind of with a little disdain or annoyance it's that bosch like i wish i wish i could do it like you have, did. You, have you seen a meme <laughs> no. Oh yeah, yeah. What? It's good.
0: What? Mm-hmm. The meme with all the Boshes in it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm.
0: Where you keep saying it over, Yeah, it's classic.
2: So yeah, it was I, like- I need I need you to do me a favor. I need okay. you to say Bosch, but I don't know. Say it like you're happy. Say it like you love the guy. Say it like he's the best guy in the whole world. Like give us a couple of variations of a positive bosh
4: Okay, okay. <laughs> Man, now I wish I wasn't
0: on camera. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh,
4: okay, here's one.
2: Bosh. I like it. Bosh. <laughs> oh, that's a favorite so far. I like that one. I like yeah.
4: It. Bosh.
2: I think that's about <laughs> it.
4: That's
2: oh, good. Yeah, that's, no, good. that's good. Wow. A I very like endearing sentiment about Bosch yeah.
0: there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: that's too funny. <laughs> All right. You want to move into our, like, game competition? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So normally at the end of these things, we ask a couple silly questions. They don't mean anything. There's no right or wrong answers. This year, we're changing things up on you guys. So we have three questions about this season that nobody should know the real answer to. But we're going to keep track. And one of you guys...
4: About this this current season that's about to be correct. correct. Yes, yeah, about
2: okay. yeah, you, you, you can't <laughs> you yeah. can't give anything away with these, so don't worry worry about that. Okay. So you got to give your best guess. We are going to track this, and then once the season is out a couple weeks, and we get through all these interviews, we'll pronounce an actual winner. So there is something to win here. Okay. No, no pressure though. No pressure. Okay.
4: Some people need to win. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you if yeah. you oh, you could the be the winner. Win. Yeah, you could okay. be the winner. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Start it off, Tracy. Go ahead.
0: Okay. First category, how many times do you guess that in season six, some character, any character, mentions Jerry's clothes?
4: Wow. <laughs> Dang god. <laughs> Just a wild guess. Have you, have you guys actually counted? Not no, yet. not yet, because not yet. we've only right. seen five episodes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I can tell you about how many in the first five. Really? But, uh,
4: Man. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not attuned to that when I'm reading the scripts. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's such a fashionista, okay. you know, All the right.
4: character, so. I'm probably way off, when I'm going to say 17. 17. I,
0: I like it. All right, you got to write that yeah. down, Jay. Yep.
4: You're
2: I the record it right keeper. Here. I got to write here. Now, this one, you have a little edge to. Again, yeah. no pressure. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Irving and his Bosh. How many times will we hear Irving mutter, whisper or say his name with disdain in this season wow uh Really,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's not quite that much but so how many times does he say his name here? yeah
2: like, like just his name not 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 necessarily just in a sentence but
4: you know that, that oh so just, yeah. just his name
0: That bosch. Yeah.
4: yeah oh this is terrible because i'm actually trying to remember <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay it's okay take the advantage you have
4: I'm gonna say three three okay all right it's in the record book all right I think it's a, a fair guess yep. all right the last one wait wait, wait. I just want to you not in a sentence right not in a sentence yeah, yeah not sure.
0: like tell Bodge to call me not like that but just not that like that okay yeah not like that okay and the last one is how many times does Coltrane appear on screen in season six
2: man you had no idea you're gonna to have to use your brain this much during No. The no <laughs> yes.
4: You know, heck man.
0: They're um, just guesses. We don't know either. We'll have to count. Ten. Ten. Okay. Ten. Nice round number. I like it.
4: That is like two or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know that twenty five. <laughs> right.
2: It's all, it's all right. You're you're the first man on the books though, so there's something to be said for that, you know. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I think we'll use price is right rules, you know, closest without going over. So yeah.
2: You, you don't want to let them go over. Like what? What if it was nine times? It ten is awful close, right? You don't. You don't want to give them that.
0: If it's not, oh well. We'll have to see. All right. <laughs> I guess that's still still <laughs> up for discussion.
3: Apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I made an executive <laughs> decision, and, and Jay. So. <laughs>
4: that's pretty
2: gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we learned that from a certain chief of police in L.A. Uh,
4: exactly. Okay. Exactly. You got me
0: on that
2: one. We well, sure you. do
0: appreciate your time. That's what's fun. Absolutely.
2: Thank you guys. All right. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, sir.
0: You take care. Take we'll you keep day. you posted on that contest.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye.